0: This is Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 26, and I'm James Eke. Aside from Judo, Zen has perhaps had more influence on the Japanese art of fencing, called Kendo. Ken means the sword, Do the way. Together they create the way of the sword. This surprises many people because they think, how can the pacifist philosophy of Buddhism be connected with anything so ferocious as the art of fighting, but it was. Shortly after Zen Buddhism was introduced into Japan, it became the favorite way of life of the samurai, those feudal Japanese warriors who were for many centuries there involved in perpetual civil war between the various feudal lords. And as they lived in constant danger, constant insecurity, they took up Zen as a way of peace in the midst of fighting. But what about the ethics of this? It seems a simple problem. Either we're going to have fighting in a war or we're not. Now, if we've made up our minds that it will be necessary to fight, that there must be soldiers, then surely there is no alternative but to do it well. In other words, if you're going to chop somebody's head off, chop it with complete decision. Because a half-hearted chop is a very agonizing thing for the victim. So in the same way as somebody said, if you're going to tell a lie, make it a good one. No shilly shelling around these things. And this is the attitude of Zen. If you're going to do any evil deed, really do it. If you're going to make a mistake, make it a good one. And so the whole philosophy of the sword is deeply imbued with Zen. Let's take a good look at one of these Japanese swords. They venerate things. You should see how beautiful they are wrapped in their silk case with the brocade on it, lovely things, but it's a terrifying instrument, just a big, heavy, two-handed razor. Worn at the side, you don't draw it and then go into action. You can draw it and go into action at any moment. Its principle of balance is such that the right hand pulls it at its convenient center of balance, while the left hand can simply control the movement very rapidly with a good principle of leverage. So practically all the defense moves from either side is simply accomplished by slight movements of the blade from side to side, giving great economy of movement. There's sometimes only one rather startling and dramatic-looking form of defense, the wrist cut, and one thrust straight out of the throat, and then the blow to the head. You've probably heard the shout in Japanese, they call it the ki-ai. They, they have them in Japanese samurai films, and you wonder perhaps what that is. And that comes from Zen. There was an old Chinese Zen master called Renzai. And when people asked him, what is the meaning of Buddhism, he let go with a ki Ho! They were profoundly disconcerted. One, simple, one simply, if you're a philosophical gentleman, does not answer questions like that. But that, again, is a trap to see if the questioner can be phased and thrown off-centre. And so in the same way, the samurai in attack uses the same terrifying shout, as it were, to startle his opponent into losing his balance and thinking for a moment. And if he thinks and hesitates, he's lost. Now, of course, the practice of this is carried out with bamboo swords and we can watch a young Japanese fencing student putting on his bamboo armor as he gets ready for a bout. They wear this helmet, which is somewhat like an old-style steel helmet worn by the samurai in medieval times. They wear breastplates of lacquer and heavy padded gauntlets. And then in the fencing room, they salute one another, and then they start in. And then you can see this two-handed sword in use. As in judo, one must move without stopping. So in fencing, there is to be no interval between attack and defense. In watching good fencers, they seem to dance together. And to, as it were, be going through the motions as one body. And then there's that one critical moment when one man loses his guard and he's done for. When the attitude is called, in, Japanese, in Chinese rather, Mo Chur Chu, which means going straight ahead. A Zen poem says, Under the sword lifted high is hell making you tremble, but go straight ahead, and there is the land of bliss. No stopping. Complete response in the moment. And this is particularly true, for example, if a single man is surrounded by several opponents. He can't hesitate and wonder, what is this fellow going to do next? Because when he's defending himself, he, as it were, his mind is stuck on an opponent here. He could be caught unaware from an opponent over there. So what he has is what is called an unstuck mind, an ability to be alert to the whole situation around him so that if your mind gets fastened at any particular point, you're caught by that point. And so this unstuck mind is the fundamental requirement not only for the artist in fencing, but also the practitioner of Buddhism. Now, In the hands of a man who is really adept in both Zen and adept in fencing, the sword of destruction can, in a curious way, become a symbol of mercy. For the highest school of Japanese fencing is called the no-sword school, to be able never to use the sword. A good story about this is that there was a great samurai traveling on a ferry boat, and just as they were putting... They were putting off another drunken, rowdy samurai stepped on and started bragging about his powers, and he turned to the first samurai and said, "Well, what's your school of swordsmanship and the first samurai politely answered, "Mine is the no sword school ha ha He said, "I'd like to see your no sword school and immediately challenged him to a fight and pulled out his sword and the first samurai said. Excuse me, but if we fight on this boat, we may hurt innocent bystanders. Why don't we go and fight on that island over there? So they got the boatsmen to move over to the island, and as they arrived, the ruffian jumped off onto the island, all ready to begin the fight. And at that moment, the other samurai grabbed the oar from the boatman and pushed the boat away, into the, away from the island and left the rowdy man standed, stranded there. There, he said... There is my no-sword school. This applies, too, even in the actual making of the sword by the swordsmiths, whose craft in Japan is something of a ritual. And as an example of no-sword, in the work of a very skilled swordsmith, let me tell you this story. There were two swordsmiths in old Japan, and one who was considered the greatest and the other just a little inferior. And they had a test one day to as to which of them made the best blade. And they first took the blade of the second best swordsmith and put it in a stream like this and set a piece of paper floating down towards it. And the sword simply slit through the piece of paper. And the paper then joined together on the other side of it and went downstream. How could that be? How could that be improved? They then put in the sword made by the greatest swordsmith and wondered, how can this be better than the one we've just seen. Well, what happened was that, that piece of paper came down the stream towards the sword, but then rather than be slit in two, it simply floated around it, thus, thus avoiding the sword. And it went on. So this article is on Kendo um, by Alan Watts. And if you haven't looked more into Alan Watts, um, you really should. He the, the article is called The Way of Gentleness. Um, and this is kind of our Alan Watts part two. <laughs> um, it, the last time we spoke about Alan Watts, it was about judo. And uh, it's actually one of our most popular podcasts. So I thought this is a great little piece that he put together at some point. Um, So why not talk about it? The fusion of Zen and martial arts is something um, that's unique to Japanese martial arts. But the concepts, that can be found in many others. Um, Martial arts are about, among other things, learning about ourselves. It's like a mirror reflecting back on the different aspects of ourselves. And once we recognize this, we have to learn to use the sword of our training to cut our way through to something more. But more importantly, we need to use this sword of training to cut through our own delusions. The, the worst lies, like I've said before, are those lies we tell ourselves and we believe. Zen and properly understood and applied martial arts training helps us to see this and wade out into the mess and to start cleaning it up. A Zen ma- master that I trained with once told me that what all of our training about, is about is just cleaning our room. We live in many ways in our minds and in our mess that makes up our life. And most people never even see the mess that surrounds them. They don't see the things that they pile up around themselves. They don't see any of it. They just go blindly through life, adding more to all of it. These things are, for the most part, the delusions and the lies that fill our lives. You know, things like our jobs, we define ourselves by the different false mass of who we think we are and who we tell the world we are. There are possessions, our baggage, both emotional and physical, all of our stuff. And our training, it's about first opening our eyes and then getting down to the work of sorting and sifting through all that junk and cleaning our room. Sometimes we don't even know what the room is. And sometimes we don't even know we're in it. We don't know that there is an alternative to the mess. And training, if you're doing it right and taught right and focusing on it, it forces us to look at that mess in the room. It forces us to get to work cutting through it all. The other interesting aspect that Watts touches on um, is this concept you really don't have to draw the sword at all. And for any of you that have trained in the martial arts at any point in time, um, I think that you can understand that. Many people think that martial arts is about violence, and you know, you really can't be further from the truth on that. I've had parents come to me saying that their child's other parent is totally against their kid doing the martial arts because it's so violent. And I'm always kind of surprised by this view because the reality is that the more you do the martial arts, the less violent you are. And as for the actual training in it, while there's some aspect that seems on the surface surface to be violent, say like when you're doing rolling in jujitsu, the reality is that it's actually the opposite. It's about diffusing the violence. It's about relaxing. It's about being calm. It's about not allowing the violence in. And not allowing the violence in at us, or into us. It's about being the calm center in a storm. And I think that's an important thing to, to remember when it comes to training. One of the best things you can do for your life, I think, is to train in the martial arts, because it not only looks at the violent aspects of our species, because let's face it, humans are somewhat violent, Maybe not even somewhat, maybe very. (laughs) Um, But it forces us to face our own emotions, our own mentality, all of our mess. I think that any good martial art practice properly is very much like that no-sword school. You can still carry the thing around with you, you know, in your heart and soul and body, but you train yourself not to use it. You know, the simple truth with training is that if you go to a good school with good teachers and good training partners, in very little time, you're able to defend yourself. And then you start to see just how easy it is to hurt someone else, and you really want nothing to do with it. You actually want the exact opposite of any sort of conflict. And most martial artists, given the choice of fighting or not, will, or probably should, Choose not to fight. But not everyone's taught properly. And not everyone was raised properly. Not everyone wants to see the mess in their room and get to work cutting through it, cleaning up their lives, cleaning up their room. Not everyone is going to make their lives exceptional. All right. So, Look into Alan Watts. There may be a part three to this with Alan Watts, for that matter. (laughs) I've always really liked the man and wish that I could have met him. Um, But let's move on. So um, our question of the day is fitting for all this, and that's, do you think that meditation is necessary in the martial arts? Well, I have two answers In your martial arts, as in during class time, I don't think it needs to be there. Um, I don't think that there's any prerequisite that you start or end any class with meditation. But in terms of what you need to add to your training in your life, then yes, it's very important. Very, very important here's the thing as time goes on as you learn to meditate you'll learn to be mindful and as you learn to integrate meditation into your every moment what you'll find is that your martial arts will become a kind of moving meditation and you'll be practicing while you're doing jiu-jitsu or as you do kendo or as you do kali or sealat or kickboxing or karate or whatever you'll also Practice meditation and mindfulness while you're walking or when you're standing in line at the grocery or at the bank. Meditation and training and martial arts, they will all become the same thing to you. Um, and I think it's a key aspect that you need to add in. So if at your school you meditate in class, that's, that's fine. But is it necessary? No, I don't think it's necessary that you all sit on the floor together. Um, Because meditation is something that is you. It's not about us. Um, When I meditate, I meditate by myself. But, that said, I also make meditation something that I carry with me all the time. So I'm always trying to integrate it into my life and into my training. So do you need to meditate? You need to meditate as much as you need to eat. I should say as much as you need to eat properly. You need it as much as you need to hit the gym. You need it as much as you need to practice the martial arts. As much as you need to read and research. As much as you need to live a good life. I hope that answered the question. Um, And I think that is about it for this podcast. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot that can be learned from um, taking a look at Zen. Um, And I'm not saying that just as a Zen Buddhist. Um, I was actually talking to someone about this today and at the end of the day what you have is yourself you know you really do not have your job or your car or your relationships or all the different things that you think that you have what you do have though is what's inside of you and through learning how to be mindful, learning to tap into and examine the thing that you are inside, the thing that you really are inside. Um, At the end of the day, that's all you have, and you better come to grips with that because when it's at the end of the day, that's all that there is. Um, And I think I'll leave it there. If you are interested in it, pick up a good book. There's lots of them out there. You can start with Alan Watts. He's written some very interesting things. Um, And if you're still interested after you uh, do a little research, I would seek out someone to help you learn how to meditate Um, because I think that would be a a benefit to you. Um, But after that, You have to do the work. No Zen master is going to do the work for you. No meditation teacher is going to do the work for you. You need to figure that out yourself. Okay. So I haven't had a chance to work too much on the website lately, but (laughs) hopefully if you're not listening to this, when it comes out sometime in the future, that thing is done. Uh, just been very busy with podcasts planning podcasts teaching all the rest of that stuff that goes with life Um, but we will work on that and get it a little bit more uh, ship shape but in the meantime you can always uh, take a look at our Facebook page and join us there Um, I try to post some stuff on there somewhat regularly I'm not a huge Facebook kind of guy but uh, I do the best I can Uh, If you like these podcasts, the way you support it is not with me begging you for money from something, but I've written a few books. You can find them on Amazon. Just uh, search for James Eek, and you will find Warrior's Way. Uh, You'll find A Wolf in the Woods. You'll find a uh, journal for your martial arts training. And the other way that you can show the world and me (laughs) that you enjoy this thing is to let your friends know about it. Um, Share the links on your social media. Tell people at your gym or your dojo or wherever that there's this cool podcast you're getting something out of called Warrior's Way. I try to keep them fairly short. Some podcasts out there go on for hours and hours. Um, I try to keep them short so it's, you know, a bite-sized chunk, enough to get you through maybe a workout at the gym or a drive from here to there or a walk around the block. And with that, I will leave you for today. Uh, Get out there, get in your school and train, practice hard, have some fun, do some good in the world, and like I say to my kids, be a good friend. Thanks a lot.